Welcome to the Penny Bloom Podcast. Ain't another place that has got more bombast. Rump past your mom, dad's listening to Tomcast. Talking everything that make you sad. We don't want that. We're here to make you smile. Put your mind at ease. Peace, love, and bloom, and always praise Keanu Reeves. This what we about. Get some weed and now. We'll talk until we can't no more, and then we peace and out. Alright, let's go. Penny Bloom Podcast. It's the Penny Bloom Podcast. Penny Bloom Podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome in to Winter is Blooming, a Game of Thrones rewatch podcast by us, the Penny Bloom podcast. Today, we are on to season six, episode four, titled Book of the Stranger, written by D&D, David Benioff and D.B. Weiss, directed by Daniel Sackheim. I am Colton Robertson. I'm joined by Joseph George. What's up, homie? Oh, what up, what up? Always a pleasure to be here. Oh, and it is always a pleasure to have you. We got a goodie on the docket for us today. How are you feeling about season six, episode four of Thrones here? Uh, some, uh, like a, a lot of, I, a happy cry in this one. And I love yeah. that it's right off, right off the bat too. Um, just, just giving us what we want. Um, which, which is always nice you love to it. have. You yeah. want it. Oh yeah, to have to have a happy crying an episode, and then also, um, a like a a very triumphant ending, like a very badass. Let's fucking go! Uh, as yeah. as John as John gets his rise, and we're on on board with him. Daenerys just just keeps I going herself as well. I I slept um, on season six, episode four, and what it had to offer, my boy. You know, yeah. I. Uh, Obviously, yeah, yeah. last week you said something about how the ending of this episode was coming about. Um, mm-hmm. It was like, oh, that's sneaking up on us a lot faster than we anticipated. Mm-hmm. And I was very, very excited for that. But what I did not remember, and what is one of my favorite little building blocks of a longer conflict that will be resolved by the end of the season, is come and see. I I love the come oh and see letter. God, it's dude. so fucking Holy good. Holy shit. Ramsey? Dude. Like, okay. Yeah, piece Lord of Smith. Shit. Terrible, but like, dude is ruling by fear and like doing in like manipulating. Getting like cause Winterfell is like it's impenetrable. Mm. You know. Like he's getting him obviously he's gonna go gonna come home and try to get his home back yeah and especially like if Sansa's there like even more so like uh yeah it's gonna happen um and and I like Ramsey man gotta give it to him uh just a sick son of a bitch and knows how to pull the right strings um, oh boy yeah man, he damn and yeah, some strong scenes at the wall. Always, always strong. Always the wall. Season five and six. Season four, even you could argue this is this is where it is. This is where it's at. This yeah. is the heart of this show at present. Um, because I enjoy the Daenerys stuff in Marine. I don't think it's uh, like it's 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 very good. Um, mm-hmm. but I'd say that we 
you know, we've been on this conquest. We've been on this building. This like we're we're getting there. We're getting there. We're getting there. And now in Marine, we've gotten there. And it's kind of this. It's not a stalling point for her story, but it's like this trial run in ruling. And it, you know, it takes its time to develop. You know, like it's uh, so. Mm-hmm. Usually, where that's like the other highlight that we can go to is Daenerys' story. I feel like that's been a little on the back burner for a little bit now. Yeah. Um, has been. I don't know. She kind of. I mean, she has just been a a prisoner in transport for a little bit now, for all um, of season six so far. Uh, yeah. So, so it, it, yeah, haven't really got much. But but now now she's she's on her back on her bullshit. Mm-hmm. Um and and John John, it's like we've we've reached like this peak. Uh, he's literally been killed, and like now yeah. it, it we're in like this this uh weird territory where it's like if you're a first first time viewer you're like where the like what is he gonna do like he can do anything you know like he doesn't give a fuck anymore he has uh in his eyes uh served his you know and we were we were talking about like the loophole or like the words of the vow and like dolores ed and and john have that conversation you know they're Mm -hmm. like um until your last day or whatever. And he's like, I can't, obviously I can't fucking stay here, dude. They killed me. They literally killed me. Do you expect me to stay brother? I think I'm out of this bitch and I don't have any moral qualms with leaving. Um, uh, (laughs) that's funny. He's like, he's not even worried about the loophole. I thought like the loophole came into play and he's like, no, I literally died. Like, uh, so I like, I'm good, but he literally is using it as just like, no, they killed me. I'm right. I'm not going to stay here obviously. Yeah. No, like I, I died. I gave I, I my li- I, my life is the night's watch and I gave my life. Yeah. So, I'm done. I'm out. Uh but, I hanged a boy. Yeah. No, if you're ready, I am ready to oh, yeah. tear into this one as it's a uh, it's a goodie. So, we will kick it off in King's Landing where underneath the Great Septa Bay, Lord Septa Unella enters Queen Marjorie Tyrell's cell and leads her to a private meeting with the High Sparrow. And uh, the High Sparrow asks Marjorie what she would do if he allowed her to leave that day. And Marjorie replies that she wants to return to her family and to her husband, Tommen. And the High Sparrow respects her love for her family, but tells her that the attachment leads to sin, citing his experience as a cobbler. And Marjorie manages to impress the Sparrow with her knowledge of the Book of the Stranger, which she admits Septa Unella had read at her. Uh, and the High Sparrow chuckles and agrees that Unella has a habit of reading at people instead of to them. Uh, the High Sparrow then recounts how in his youth he was a bit of a womanizer and quite the heavy drinker. Um, kind of the High Sparrow fucked, it. ladies and yeah. gentlemen. I don't know, he's kind of, I don't know, kind of like uh, just going on his crazy college stories or something i don't know i used to <laughs> loved, i don't know uh, i think you could just tell i used to be a piece of shit have you ever watched i think you should leave tim robinson no some of the best sketch comedy of all time but yeah. uh that's, mm-hmm. that's that's what this reminded me of oh, i i used to be a piece of shit i yeah. you can tell i used to be a piece of shit wow um, i don't know i i i loved this performance out of him out of nowhere though uh i was I was watching the episode and uh, there wasn't particularly like any standouts yet, you know. Kit Kit Harrington's always good, and having Sansa right. like them them uh, see each other is, is good to see. And 
Lena Headey is always Lena Headey, but like there wasn't like a standout like oh wow like that no, was yeah. that was great. But then I don't know this this slow zoom where he's like almost looking directly into camera, um, telling this this story. Um, I don't know. It was it was very very weird. Like uh, very weird because at the same time in my head I'm just like man this dude like back in the day was just you know. Not at all. Yeah, what he is now. Like, he's in, like, um, I don't know. If Marjorie recognized that he was telling a story of, you know, one of their biblical stories, basically, Hmm. do you think if she didn't recognize that, he just finishes the story the biblical way? Or... Do you think because she recognizes it, he changed the end of it and like actually got real there for a moment? I'd be, uh, you know, I think that uh, I think you got a keen understanding of the High Sparrow at this point and how he. I think you're right in that he's able to think on his feet a little bit. Like there is, I think that he does kind of go, "Oh, okay." So you get the idea of what I'm trying to get at. So let's get to the point. You know, like, I think maybe there's he gets to this point anyway, Mm -hmm. but he doesn't have to take the stop off at explaining the actual biblical end of the story. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Yeah. But uh, yeah, no, I thought this was an incredible scene. Uh, I almost I almost went with Marjorie for my character. Um, Mm. And it's not because of this. It's because of what happens in a little bit. That's just Mm. so fucking good uh, in terms of performance, in terms of character work. Um, But uh yeah, no, it's it's a really really great scene here. Um but yeah, he explains, you know, he, you know, underwent a conversion experience the morning after an orgy as his uh, drunken guests lay naked all around his house. Damn. Uh, tired of what he was now perceiving as a meaningless existence, just fucking too damn much. Uh and the high sparrow turned his life around and became a devoted member of the faith of the seven. Uh, he then left his job as a cobbler and devoted his life to the poor and destitute. And believing he has found a way to reach Marjorie, he allows her to visit Loris. And it's this visit that I was like, mm. I fucking love Marjorie. You know, like, I know that I'm big, like, I love Cersei right now, and mm-hmm. this rewatch has given me a lot of reason to love Cersei, but it's never given me a reason to hate Marjorie. I've yeah. always liked Marjorie, you know, and this was just. One of the best human moments of this entire show. One of my favorite moments as an older sibling as well, which I believe Marjorie is the older older sister of Loris, um, where she finds Loris dejected, lying on the floor of a cell, and Loris has lost the will to continue resisting. But Marjorie tells him that he has to stay strong for the future of Loris Ty- Tyrell. If you give in, they win. And Loris goes, let them win. Just make it stop. And uh, and when Marjorie's like, Marjorie's like, oh, okay. You know, like, she's like, all right. Like, I will do anything to get you out of this now. Like, now that I see where you are mentally, emotionally, physically, if you cannot take another second of this, I will not allow it to keep going. And I think that's just so fucking cool. Um yeah. 
like I, it, it was really moving stuff, and I'm, I'm, it's moving just talking right. about it now. I thought that she was so damn good. Yeah, I guess uh, we only have like six episodes left with her. You know, we yeah. Cersei. I think the reason uh, she's so cool amongst this watch is like we know that she, we're with her for a much much longer time, uh, and and she has quite the rise uh, to her. But but Marjorie at the end of the day blows up in the sept. Um, yeah you try to you do try to detach yourself from the characters that you know are gonna go in a sudden burst you know like uh but this was one of those moments that just made me remember how much i like marjorie not only like not only that but she hasn't been she's been locked up for almost a full fucking season now it was Um, nice to see her uh yeah in the first place um and, and not, not in a capacity, because the last time I think we saw her, prior to this, with any ounce of agency, was when Cersei visited her, and she, like, threw the food across the cell and was like, get out, you bitch! You know, yep. like, that that whole thing, uh, yep. which was also really good. Um, mm. But yeah, there's just, if there was not a just obvious character choice this episode, it w- it would have been... It would have been Marjorie for me. I thought she did incredible. Um, yeah, yeah. They uh, they like to spice up the end. You know, they they the endings for the episodes are always fucking. Funny. They they leave you they leave you wanting. You know, God, like yeah. you want to come back for more. You know, uh, uh, yeah. It's it was pretty clear, but Marjorie that that is is a a good choice. Would be would be valid uh, for second place. This episode, mm. but but yeah, I uh, poor poor Loris. I, who knows what they're doing to Loris? You know, Ooh, like it's got to be bad. Got to yeah, be bad. I, I don't think it's good. Um, because yeah, he's he's not having it. Um, no, but yeah, not I, a little bit. All the emotions there, like that that Marjorie had to go through of being like, all right, no, like. She she has like she's playing her own game as well in there too you know um, yeah Natalie Dormer is fucking great yeah. she's actually uh as you as you know I I just rewatched all the Hunger Games movies and mm-hmm. she's in Mockingjay Part One and Two uh in a very very compelling capacity one of my one of the more interesting characters in those movies and she is so fucking good in it and it's like. It's jarring, like she's nothing like Marjorie Terrell, and it's just like one of those things where you're reminded how good yeah. some actors are because all all I've seen her in besides that is this. So like, uh, mm-hmm. yeah. whenever she popped up, I was like, "Oh shit, yeah," you know, uh, yeah, she's fucking good. But uh, anywho, we continue in King's Landing at the Red Keep, where Cersei walks in on Grand Maester Pycelle advising King Tommen in private uh, to accommodate the High Sparrow and the Faith Militant. Um, and Cersei requests, uh, Pycelle, fuck you doing here, man? Uh, <laughs> he's like, I am a member of the small council. And, uh, she's like, this is not a small council meeting. And he's like, but the king, he wishes me to be here. And, uh, and I love the it, King Tom being like, you can, you can go. It's all right. Mm-hmm. Get the fuck out of here. You can tell he's kind of annoyed. He's like, all right, mm. get out. Um, it's okay. Um, 
the slow shuffling walk around the table to the other side. And I uh, almost went with Julian Glover as the performance for one <laughs> single fucking look. Oh, and it's man. when he stops at the door, looks at Cer- Cersei and gives that little smirk and then keeps walking. Oh. I'm like, Oh, that was fucking great. So good. So good. I feel, I feel like Cersei is the only one who knows. And like, Pycelle oh, yeah. is like, like knows that she like knows that, that she knows a uh, sort of thing. And, oh yeah, for sure. Uh, oh man, it, I was wondering, is Pycelle's game like to be annoying on purpose, and like, or does he actually just like speak his mind straight to Tommen and be like, in and thinking that he will just trust his opinion? My um, thing or... here is that my read of this scene is that Pycelle thinks. He's doing a lot more than what he is. You know, he's recently done the whole thing where they walk out on the small council meeting and they're fe- he's feeling real high and mighty. He's feeling like he's got the king's ear. Um, but Tommen's reaction whenever he's like, it's OK, you can go is very clearly. I have not been listening to a word this motherfucker's saying and he's just talking. He just showed up. was like, may I speak to the king, please? And he's been talking ever since. Um, yeah, yeah. I don't think his conversations are very entertaining um, at all. So, like, I wonder. Like, yeah, uh, I, I think Pice Like, the funniest thing about Pycelle, it reminds me <laughs> a new fun way to view Pycelle is like in lieu of the killer with uh, uh, <laughs> from David Fincher with Michael Fassbender. Uh huh. A gentleman who thinks he's doing a lot better at his job oh, than he okay. is. I think he's just got a really stupid fucking method that he thinks works, but doesn't at all. And I think that's the thing, is that he thinks he's being portrayed as an old, wizened man who people respect and want to hear from. That's what he thinks he's putting off. But everyone perceives him as an annoying old fuck. Um, Wow. No, I think you're spot on. Um, and it were, it is, it's worked back in the day, I guess. Um, cause I, I mean, seemingly he's been there. I mean, he's, he's been on the small council for, was oh, it a long time before the Mad King or was it the, was that his start? I'm not sure. Uh, I, I know for at least the Mad King. And I think that, I think he said that he served Kings prior as well. So, I mean, it's worked, I guess. Uh, but right. now I guess, uh, Cersei seeing through it. Um, is is where it ended. Uh, working for him. To but uh, to, but yeah. yeah. During this conversation with Cersei, Tommen proposes that the Iron Throne not antagonize the Sparrows further, in an effort to avoid endangering Marjorie. And Cersei reminds her son, you know, like you remember what they did to me, what what happened here, and uh, you know, she's she's like they'll do that to her. You know, like we got to do something about it. Yeah, and she convinces her son that the High Sparrow has no respect for kings, queens, society, and Tom, and then reveals a secret that the High Sparrow shared with him. And armed with this new information, Cersei barges into a small council meeting with Kevin, Olena, and Jamie. And while Kevin and Olena are initially hostile, Cersei's like, "Shut the fuck up! I've got I've got motivations now that will aid you, but they'll aid me in the long run, and I can't tell you that part, but." Um, Yep. I got ideas. I got ideas. Um, 
Yeah, they're like, and, hey, you know, remember, she, remember when I had to walk naked through the street and all that they're stuff? They're going to do that to Marjorie. Um, that's happening. Uh, so how do you feel about that one, Olena? And she's like, all right, we'll hear you out. You know, that's yeah. not Jamie's happening. like, your armies, march them into King's Landing, crush the Faith Militant, maybe kill the High Sparrow if you can. That'd be dope. If not, no big deal. We'll figure that out later. Um, and Damn. Kevin's like, Tommen has expressly forbid us to use the Lannister army to make a move against the Great Sept. And he says, have you been expressly told to just let it happen? Uh, to yeah. not just let it happen? And he's like, yeah. no. And he's like, good enough. Fuck off then, Kevin. Um, yeah. Great, like great little moment there as well. And uh, Jamie suggests that Olena send House Terrell's army to the city instead. Uh, and, you know, Kevin wouldn't be breaking any enemy, any uh, commands, and Terrell army will surround the Great Sept, intimidating the Sparrows into releasing Marjorie and Loras without any actual bloodshed. And by the time Tommen finds out what needs to be done will have already happened, and he'll be happy with the outcome. And Kevin's like, okay, but uh, it'll go bad if if we fail. And Cersei's like, ah, you know, what about Lancel? Have you just given up on your son completely? What about what they're doing to your son? And he's like, oh, yeah, I have a son. I forgot. And so did you. Uh, so did everyone watching. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's how forgetful Kevin is. Fucking Kevin. Uh, it's, it, fucking it, Kevin. It, I, God you know, damn Kevin. Is, did I declare him the next just funnel of hatred after Ollie? Or I was that someone did. else? Was I it, was it Kevin? I feel like it's Kevin, but it will end. It will end. Not before long. Before long. So I got to, I have to find someone new shortly. But for right now, yeah, I don't know. Kevin's just, uh, I don't know. There's something about him that I just don't like at no, all. No. Um, he's just, he's just a dunce. He's a fucking moron. I don't like him. But uh, that concludes the story in King's Landing, and we head then to the Wall. We're in uh, at Castle Black. Uh, Dolores Ed watches Jon Snow pack up his things. And Ed's like, so you're really going to leave? Where the fuck are you going to go? Jon's like, south. And he's like, where to south? And he's like, I don't know, somewhere so far south that I'm comfy and cozy. Yeah. Um, and meanwhile. And he's like, we were at Hard Home together. You know what's coming. How could you just leave us like this? And he's like, brother, I'm done. I don't give a fuck. I'm out. Okay. Yeah. I, honestly, like, kind of a fair point from Ed, you know. Oh yeah. Uh, because I don't know. He, he, I guess, I guess he has just kind of given up. Like, if Sansa did not show up here, it would be oh, very, yeah. very interesting to see where John would have gone. Um, mm -hmm. It's wow. This, I, and I know we keep getting to this point. This marks a new beginning for John. The rest of the show starts this episode for John. Damn. And we will get there. But uh John's yeah. like, I gave my life for the Night's Watch. I can't mm -hmm. trust anybody here after what happened besides you. And you know, Ed's like, but the not the army of the dead. Da -da 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 -da. And he's like, yeah, yeah, but shit, man, 
I'm not going to make a difference. One person in this 38 man squad here is not going to fuck everything is going to fall everything, make everything fall apart. Like this is it's over before it begins, bro. Um, But at that moment, the horn sound for the arrival of travelers. And it is Brienne of Tarth, Podrick Payne, and none other than Sansa Stark riding through the gates and dismounting in the courtyard. And when Jon steps out and he locks eyes with Sansa and he walks down the stairs real slowly, they stare at each other for a second and then run into each other's arms. Come on. Come on. I am crying, bro. Come on. I was like, I was already starting to like well up a little bit, like whenever they were seeing each other. And I'm like, oh, this is going to be good. I'm like, I'm like, oh, I know this is going to be good. Yeah. And, uh, and then, and then like, just. When the music swells, yeah, I was like, oh, I put man. it down as my favorite scene right away. I was oh, like, I did too. And the only reason I changed it is because you have it, and there's another scene that we gotta show some love to. Yeah. So like, I but yeah. in terms I, of an emotional resonance, this oh is it. My this God, is the like, fucking scene. Of how the long movie. has it been since? Well, two and not only that, but the fact there's this is so loaded. And it's because of a conversation they have a little later, um, like next. But, you know, Sansa's like, I was terrible to you. I was cruel to you. I yeah. hated you and you hated me. Yeah. And the fact that that is not even that is the smallest of their concerns now. They're like, you are you are my family and I am so fucking happy to see you fuck everything else that's ever happened between us and i love that yeah it's 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 a moment that happens uh with your siblings that's weird and um it 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 has happened with my sister most definitely Uh, she it's like you know it's like in that adult phase where you can't really Mm -hmm. truly just hate each other anymore you, there's still a little bit of that sibling hate, but it's, it's yeah, you know, you got theory. a rivalry going on. Like, yeah. and, and for uh, and this is obviously an extreme level of that. Mm-hmm. He was the bastard son. They alienated yeah. him. They didn't like oh, him yeah. as much, and so on and so forth. Oh, but yeah. like, I remember distinctly a day when I was like, just chill, fifteen, and my brother was like twelve, and yeah. we were like. We fought like every single day. And yeah. then one day it was like, we just didn't do that anymore. Yeah. And it was, it was like, like, why did we do this? Why yeah. did we fight for so many years? Yeah. Like yeah. there's so many pointless battles. You are my brother. You are yeah. my brother. You know? Yeah. <laughs> and now it's over. Uh, the, I don't know. The, we fought. Uh, yeah. We lost. <laughs> Now we rest. <laughs> war. War changes everyone. You know, we, we've all been through it. But dude, uh, I loved, I loved this. It was, it was so fucking good. And, uh, also, I gave, I gave Sophie Turner my performance ooh, for the episode. I good, like, good. I like Sophie Turner mm-hmm. a ton. And rewatching the series has just shown me how good of an actress she became over the course of the show like she was ne- like she was always good she was always she was always a good actress but she is now one of the top 5 performers in the show man and this show is stacked to the brim with performers man and she is so fucking good uh but yeah that little moment where they're sitting by the fire later that night 
and they reminisce on their childhood, you know, apologizing. And, you know, John's like, we were children. And she was like, but, but I am sorry. Forgive me. You know, he's like, there's yeah. nothing to forgive. She goes, no, forgive me. Yeah. Uh, and even John like, was like, yeah, you, you kind of were terrible. Dude. And yeah. You were cruel. That was, so, that like, was tough. Um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, he's like, yeah, you actually were kind of a piece of shit. Uh, you're just trying so hard to be mom. I get it. Um, whatever. It's in the past. We have much, much bigger things to worry about now. Much larger uh, fish to fry. Up one, here. the Night King. You know, we don't really know the full extent, but we know it's not good. Two, right. our home is not ours anymore. Um, and our... Dude. Like this, uh, this part whenever she's like, let's do it. Where do we go next? Mm-hmm. You know, or where are you going to go next? And he's like, where do we go? And, and yeah, she's like, uh, yeah, we, and he's like, father's ghost would haunt me and kill me if I, if I didn't watch over you now. Yeah. Um, Good old Ned's and, ghost literally being mentioned. Um, and it's still yes. haunting, still uh, haunting, still overshadowing <laughs> everything. But, you know, whenever she's like, okay, where will we go? And then she throws out the recommendation, you know, let's take back Winterfell. Mm-hmm. That's when he delivers, uh, John delivers my line of the episode when they're going back and forth after he's like, no, I'm not, I'm not doing that. It's not, what are we just going to ask the Boltons to hand it over? Um, mm-hmm. And he goes, I'm tired of fighting. It's all I've done since I left home. Mm-hmm. I've killed brothers of the Night's Watch. I've killed wildlings. I've killed men that I admire. I hanged a boy younger than Bran. I fought and I lost. Yeah. Yeah. That little callback to the last episode. It also anchored this idea that whenever he says, I've killed men that I admire. Mm hmm. Talking about Alistair Thorne. You think? I think so. Yeah. Well, he's also talking about Corn Halfhand, but Mace, Mace, or Mace, uh, Mance, Mance Raider. Raider. Yep. Maybe the the Mercy Kill. Um. Yeah. Definitely. Um. But there's there's an obvious yeah, degree yeah, of Alistair I Thorne. think that John's actions. And the mercy he shows Alistair time after time shows he admires his dedication to she like he when he names him first ranger, he does not have to do that. You you do have to admire him to a degree to mm-hmm. be like you are obviously the right man for this job. You know what I'm saying? And maybe sure. it is just that. But I do think there was it, it's not a it's not an, a like, it's not an enjoyment, an enjoyment of somebody. It's not a love of somebody, but I do think he admired his dedication to the watch. Um, but Mance Raider is definitely more accurately the one he's talking about there. Um, but the, to anchor the line with, I fought and I lost, I think shows how much Alistair's last word stuck with him, which is why I kind of took it to be a little bit more. It's the, I mean, the big loss is being killed by your own, I feel. Oh, yeah. Um, I feel like also a little double, uh, also hard home. Um, mm. I, I feel like he was never truly the same after hard home. Um, after seeing that, I don't think really anyone um, is the same. Uh, yeah, just a lot of lot of emotions that John is going through right well, now. 
dead. And th- the reason I picked this line is because I, more than anything, I think I will come away from the show. There, there are a lot of endings in the show that I think I will have more problems with than I did the first time I watched it. I have never, ever had a problem with John going north of the wall and not doing a fucking thing with the Seven Kingdoms at the end of the show. And I, after this line, I was like, thank fucking God he's out. You know, like, because that's all he does the rest of the show until he goes north. All he does is fight. He does not stop until he goes north of the wall. That's when he's done. And you got to fight to survive out there. The dude's still fighting to this day. Um, fuck. Like, he still can't even really rest. I guess he's uh, he, he can do all right in the cold. You know, he, he knows. Well, the there's north. also a turning point north of the wall now. If you recall at the end of the show where the green is starting to show again, grass is growing, and, you know, this is the, the, night, the King night King's dead, the army of the though. dead's gone. It's like, you know, there's... Mm-hmm. Okay. There's a potential for the North to become something greater again, and I think that's uh, that's the heralding that John's going to do. But this is true. Regardless, yeah. yeah, that was my favorite line of the episode. I just thought that it was perfectly encapsulated John's motivations for the rest of the series. Everything he does, he does because he has to, and as soon as he doesn't have to do anything, he yeah. goes, "Then I'm fucking gone." See, you know, yeah. um, I need to rest. Mm. Like, oh my god. He's so, like, yeah, you're right. Dude is just, go. he's gonna go through it from this point on. Um, he said, I've been fighting since I came here. He, season one, episode three, to season eight, episode six. Bro never fucking stopped. He just kept trying. He just kept going. I think that's fucking nuts. And he's not the only one, but, like, I do... Uh, everyone finds their version of that. I feel like, mm. um, man, but, uh, next up we see Davos asking whether Melisandre will stay at castle black. And she replies, I will do as Jon Snow commands. Uh, he is the prince that was promised. And he's like, forgive me, my lady, but I thought the prince who was promised was Stannis. Um, uh, and you know, she's like, he was defeated. I was clearly wrong. Um, he's like, what happened there? By the way, I still don't get it. What happened there? So he was defeated in battle. Yeah. What happened to Shireen? You know, like, why was the princess killed? Um, and Melisandre is reluctant to speak, and she is saved by the bell in way of Brienne of Tarth, who's like, ah, you guys are talking uh, about Stannis Baratheon, huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, uh, everything you're saying is true. Uh, he confessed. He confessed to, you know, killing... You know, King Ranley using bl- blood magic looks at Melisandre is like everything's the dots are connecting now. I see it. Um, yep. And then he goes, uh, yeah, he confessed it right before I executed. Y'all want to do anything about it? You know, kind of like, uh, mm-hmm. try me, bitch. You know, like, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll ride or die. Mm-hmm. Um, and, oh. you know, Davos is like. Well, that was a long time ago, my lady. And, uh, he's, you know, Brian responds, you know, yeah, but that doesn't mean I forget or I forgive. Um, almost a line there. Yeah. Uh, that, a was, bar. That, was, that was pretty nice. And I love, love the looks that Tormund just gives Brian. Dude. Uh, 
<laughs> like when the moment Brienne walks in, like it, whenever they even come in, Tormund's already like, "Oh my god, that's that, the like, woman for me." Yeah. And I, oh man, I, I think it's the big woman. Yeah, as he regards her from here on in. <laughs> god, uh, no, boy, dude, like, uh, absolutely, absolutely fantastic. And we get a little bit more of that here, where sometime later, John receives a letter while they're eating dinner. I love that the Night's yes. Watchmen are just fucking pounding food. Mm-hmm. And, and Brienne and Sansa are watching them like, oh man. Yeah. Um yeah, it's not looking good. No one's saying a word to this awkward silence. And Dolores said has to be the one to be like, sorry guys, like I know the food is so shit. Like I'm yeah. I, we're not known for our food. I'm so sorry. Um and the little and, and we, we skipped over this earlier, but the little sibling moment earlier in the in the episode whenever Sansa like reaches out for the, the flagon of ale and John's like Yeah. Yeah, right. okay. You know, like you All can right. take a shot at this. Alright. Uh, I, I was gonna fuck with it, but yeah, yeah. take He's a like, rip. I uh, was here I was here at one point as well. Yes. Uh, it's rite of passage. Welcome to the wall. Um yep. this is how we do shit. And uh You'd think after yeah. thousands of years, we would have figured out how to make a good ale uh, well, or with good food or anything. Crew. Yeah, with 38 men, um, I don't know. The chances of one of them being a, a, an expert brewer are uh, very slim at that point. Yeah, it's uh, probably very, very bare bones, uh, their brewery thing they got going on. But uh, yeah, yeah, John is approached by a Night's Watchman who's like, Lord Commander, and he goes, I'm not your Lord Commander, but I will take that letter. Yep. Um, you know, like, uh, Thank you for in the lieu word, of you yeah. not having an obvious replacement, I will take it. Yeah. Um, you know, he re- receives a letter from Ramsey Bolton stating that he has Rickon Stark at Winterfell, and if Sansa is not returned, he will slaughter every wildling at Castle Black, let his men rape Sansa, and feed John and Rickon to his dogs come and see and i loved watching this like flip a fucking switch you yep. know john looks at yeah. torment and torment's like yep i got yeah. two thousand men ready to fucking go let's do this thing you know yeah. like uh oh yeah and like john like he's reluctant you know he's like he's still like he he's he's like god sure you know he's like it. oh man this is like, not what I wanted right away. You know, I I have been fighting, and I just said I don't want to fight anymore. But, but these, like, these then, are fighting words. Uh, yeah, and Sansa. Um, I don't know. This is where my line comes in, is whenever, like, Sansa tells him, you're the son of the last true warden of the North. The Northern families are loyal, and they'll fight for you if you ask. A monster has taken our home and our brother. We have to go back to Winterfell. And save them both. And I was just like, yeah. Yeah, you do. Yes, you do. This battle of the bastards prelude. You know, this is like the face-off. You know, this is like, this is the the weigh-in, you know, sort of thing. Um, You know, 2,000 men. We got 2,000 wilding men. Uh, We got some some northern families. I I fucking adore the way John's like reading, reading the letter. And he goes, it's just more of the same. Yep, and Sansa's like, uh, Sansa's like, bullshit, yeah. that's about me. All right, let's read yeah. this thing. And then they get to the end. Tormund looks at John. John's like, looks over at Tormund. He goes, how many men do you have ready to yep. fight? <laughs> you know, and uh, he's like, 2,000, yeah. you know? And and mm-hmm. like, 
I love that Tormund's like, and they'll be fucking down. You yeah. know, like uh they yeah. they will ride for you, John. And that's what like I fucking love that. It it's it's probably one of my favorite friendships in this show, aside from John and Sam, is John and Tormund in this yeah. sort of branch between them that <laughs> they have such a bromance, it's hilarious. Yeah. Uh oh totally. But so uh, he, he admire like it's he always Tormund wants to put himself above John every time he can, but it's like he always has this admiration like, this for him. That's like, God, God man. Yeah, like, I'll you do know? anything for this dude. Like, you're just, I literally saw you come back to life. I mean, I have to follow you now. You yeah, know? no, like, like, you're my boy, Blue. Yeah. Uh, but uh, that concludes the story at the wall, and we'll then head to Runestone, where Robin Aaron is training at his archery with Lord Jan Royce, and he uh, is failing miserably at it. Uh, yeah. And Peter Baelish arrives with a retinue of Aaron guards and a pet falcon as a belated name day gift for Robin, much to his delight. And Royce reminds Baelish that Baelish told him that he was taking Robin's cousin Sansa with him to the fingers. But Royce received word that she had been married to Ramsay Bolton. And Peter tells him, you know, we were on our way and Sansa and I got stopped by a large force of Bolton men. It appeared that they knew exactly where we were going and who we were carrying. That's weird. Um, Funny. and Royce is like, what are you fucking doing, man? Don't play with me like that. And he's like, Hey, Robin's Lord of the Vale. Let's see. Hey, Robin, this guy committed treason. What do you think we should do with him? And Robin's <laughs> like, oh, I don't know. What do you think we should do with him? I think we should throw him through the moon door. Of course. Um, and, uh, he's like, but he's like, what do you think? And Peter's like, I think we ought to give him another chance. He's been very loyal and we, uh, you know, we could need him in the wars to come. And he's like, okay, that's fine. Uh, and I love the way Baelish is just staring Jan Royce down the whole time. Like, I hold all the power of the veil. He is the lord of the veil, but he listens to every single word I say mm -hmm. to a fucking T. So he, step to me, like, yeah, you like, get fucking gone. It's yeah, over. How he talks to him and he's like, uh, I forgot what he said, but Peter responds with like, oh, that's exactly what I was thinking too. Great, mm -hmm. great thought, you know. Uh, right. You're so smart. Uh, just, oh man, he's so like, just playing it perfectly and like saying like, oh yeah, well, turns out you're the only one who knew uh, this information. You're the only one right. I told specifically uh, to see if 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 you would literally rat. Um, and it seems you did. And and yeah, this, you know, to. Uh, Robin, it's nothing. He's like, it, it, it doesn't even fucking, this doesn't, it's, it, it's so boring to him. It's not even registering at all. He's more interested in the Falcon the whole time. Um, but like poor Royce here, just like Dude. actually being like a, like, is he like, am I about to die over this right now? Yeah. He's like, holy shit. Getting like hung like, out to fucking dry. What the fuck? Like, and, and then like this, the, like the, the breath of relief he has when it's like he's like fine he's like oh my god he's like yeah i'll be loyal i got you like i'm i'm good you know like i um i'll be good it's like damn yeah poor uh poor dude but cool scene though um cool oh, yeah beautiful location too always love uh just the the scenic i don't know grassy hills um that you get sometimes with with thrones you gotta love it you gotta love it love um, that 
But yeah, that concluded the story there, and we boogie on down to Winterfell or up to Winterfell, I I mm-hmm. suppose. Uh-huh. But uh, yeah, yeah, we say goodbye to a dear, dear friend here. Uh, Osha is brought before Ramsay Bolton, who says that while her fellow captive Rickon Stark has value to Ramsay, he is unsure of her worth. And Osha's like, fuck the Starks, their servitude was forced onto me, and I don't have any love for them. And she's like, uh, I got what you need, I know what you want, you know, uh, and I know especially what you want if you gave it a bath first. So get on over here, let's make it happen. Uh, climbs onto his lap, begins kissing him, all the while trying to get the knife he had been using to peel apples. Um, and Ramsey's like, oh yeah, this is fucking great. Oh man, you're a good talker. I like that. You're a much better talker than Theon Greyjoy. Uh, he took a little persuading, but uh, yeah, he, he did tell me everything. Yeah, uh, He told me who helped the Stark boys escape and how she did it. And that's when Osha's like, oh fuck, this isn't going to go good. And she gets stabbed in the throat and bleeds out on the floor. And God. we say goodbye to a fucking real one. Uh, I love Dosha, man. Damn it. And he literally uses that knife. He cleans it off and then takes a bite of an apple with that knife. And I'm I'm like, God, God Ramsey, you're just, you know. You are you disgusting. Ah, uh, man. Why, why, why you gotta be so, like, you gotta be so dramatic mean. about every kill? You know, you got he's got to make it up to be this just whole fucking never... pageantry. It's Damn. um, but it's annoying. Yeah. The fuck, sad, sad, a sad goodbye. It uh, is, but Osha. it was only a it was only a matter of time. Mm-hmm. I knew it was coming. It was I hate hate to see it happen, but yeah, folks are gonna die. And she she exits the show. Natalia Tena with two performance nods. Um, yeah, I don't believe she ever got a character nod, but uh, oh. there was an episode where we both handed her yep. the uh, the performance nod. Yes, so, we did. Uh, well, no. well earned there. Yeah, uh, for all her. Right. But uh, yeah, yeah, and that's all we get in Winterfell. So uh, we then head on down to Pike, where Theon Greyjoy returns home. Mm. Uh, he learns of his father's death. He's welcome home. Dad's dead. Um, and, okay. uh, Yara's not very happy about his return as he, uh, previously refused to return, um, when she made an attempt to rescue him from Ramsey. And Theon's yeah. like, yeah, see, um, Ramsey tortured me and broke me into a thousand little pieces. And Yara's like, oh yeah, send us your dick. So that's cool. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. And the, and he, he real, like, I don't think he knew that. Um, at all, and he came to that realization, and it was like a another. I don't know. I think like he just had flashbacks, you know, in that moment there. Um, but you know, Yara, uh, understandably mad here, um, understandably upset, and and then, you know, she's also like, "Wow, yeah, how convenient you to come back right after Dad dies." Like, you think you're gonna rule the Iron Islands? And the, and then Theon's like, "Yeah, no, like I don't." I no, I have no aspirations to do anything like that, actually. Um, and, you know, she she uh, pulls him close. Well, what what the fuck you want then, huh? You know, what what do you want? And, uh, 
I think he truly just wants to just chill. You know, he just wants to be at home and not do anything, really. So he's like, yeah, right. no, you rule, and I'll help you. Like, whatever you need. I don't care. I just want to be here and do normal Iron Island shit. I don't know. Um, anything that wasn't what I was doing before. Right. Um, and, well, you know, maybe a sleeper uh, performance here out of Yara. Um, out of uh, plays Yara. Um, Frick. I don't know the actor or actress that plays Yara. Um, Yara. Gem- Gemma? Gem- Gemma? Gemma. Gemma Whelan. Wellen. Uh, Gemma Wellen or Gemma Whelan. Um, but maybe Gemma a Wellen. sleeper. Yeah, no, I did. Yeah, no, she did really good here. I uh, I always enjoy Yara. That's one of those characters where I just wish we got more of her. Like mm-hmm. uh, whenever she's around, yeah. it's a good fucking scene, man. She's always anchoring it, and this one was, it, it, this one was especially good. You know, you know, you've come back to be king. You know, like uh, of course, and he's like, oh no, no, I'm not fit for that in the slightest. Yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, I would love for you to rule. That'd be cool. Um. I'd like to help you any way I can. And that's when Yara's like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah, let's let's get down then. Um, and that concludes the story in Pike. And we only got a couple locations left, so we're heading to Essos, where, in Marine, Tyrion, along with Grey Worm, Masande, and Varys, meet with representatives of the good masters of Astapor, the wise masters of Yunkai, the slave-trading city of Volantis. They've arrived by sea, and as the diplomatic mission enters the harbor, Grey Worm advocates using military force. How about we kill their ass, Tyrion? And uh, Tyrion's like, no, we probably shouldn't. Um, you know, I uh, I think we need to figure a way out of this. I was a slave, you know, and that's... Uh, I, I, I now empathize with them greater than I ever have before. Masande's like, yeah, uh, sure. How long were yeah, you a slave? Yeah, he says long enough to know. She goes long, not long enough to understand. This episode did a great job of correcting the error that last episode made, where Tyrion kind of uh, seemed to be, yeah, high and mighty and know much more and be smarter than them, and yeah, they, you know, making them look dumb. But they really sunned him in this one. Yeah, it they was, did. Uh, they had their own thoughts and their own identity mm, here, which yes. was. Which was good. Uh, nice to see. And in like yes, very uh, like back and forth, they didn't know what to do. You know, they're like, uh, like no, I, I had, like it was. This is one of the best sections of Marine storytelling. Yeah. In the entire show. Like I love I loved this episode of Marine, the way that Masande and Grey Worm are, you know, they staunchly stand by what they believe in but they recognize that they need to have a unified front and they need to present themselves as being of one mind and they're understanding diplomacy more and, you know, ruling more. And it's, it's really, really compelling to watch, but, uh, you know, uh, the, uh, the emissaries are Tyrion's former slave master, Izanzo Quagaz, uh, the Yunkai master, Razdal Moaraz and Volanti Triarch, Maliko Pinemion. Pinemian. Pinemian is probably the accurate way to pronounce that. But uh, in their meeting chambers... Names, though, yeah, yeah. Wow. Izan marvels that Tyrion has gone from being a nearly worthless slave to the de facto ruler of Marine. He's like, what the fuck happened there? Uh, and he's like, yeah, well, 
I'm pretty dope. I'm pretty dope with it. I got I got shit figured out. So you're lost, my gain. Uh, but the slave trading cities offer to give Daenerys Targaryen and her mercenaries a large pot of money if they sail away from Slaver's Bay. And when Masande defends Daenerys' actions in liberating slaves, Rosdal contends that slavery has existed for centuries. Tyrion's like, dude, you don't need slaves to make money. Uh, I grew up richer than all of you, and slavery hasn't existed in Westeros for centuries. Um, yeah. And yeah, Rosdal and Baliko look at each other, insulted. And while Yazan merely looks away from Tyrion, he appears to be contemplating his words of maintaining livelihood without the use of slaves. And after a grace period, uh, to phase out slavery and to compensate slave owners that way, their eventual loss of slaves would uh, would not be so detrimental to them. And uh, he's like, so how about you, uh, you know, we'll give you seven years to phase out the practice. Wild number to throw out there, you know. Like, was he really planning and think that Daenerys would would be there for seven years, you know? Um, like, that's kind of a long time. Um, I think it's, I would wager, I know that, like, Masande and Grey Worm argue against it later on as it being too long a time, and I, I agree wholeheartedly. Seven years feels like you're giving them a little too much time to regain their footing and figure out a way to maintain this. Mm -hmm. um, maybe, yeah. maybe three years. And even that feels like it's pushing it. You know, like you can figure out a system to change shit in a couple years. You do not need seven. Yeah, it was, it was kind of a, a, a nuts number to throw out. Maybe he just needed it to be accepted no matter what. Yeah. And they'll do when Daenerys comes back, she'll just make her decision anyways, you know, mm -hmm. or like whatever it's going to be. Um, yeah, he's like, so we'll give you that. And you have to end your backing of the Sons of the Harpy. They're like, we don't back the Sons of the Harpy. And he's like, oh, yeah, sure, sure. But it'll stop all the same. Right. <laughs> um, oh, man, he's so good. Um, he says, you will not get a better offer. And Tyrion then gives them time to consider and brings in a, uh, a plethora of. Uh, prostitutes, uh, sex workers for them. You know... To which Masande, Grey Worm, are not very happy with. Um, he's bringing the customs of Westeros over, um, and it's uh, it's showing. a taste of freedom or something like that is what he says, you know? Yeah. Like, uh, something with taste and something with freedom. Uh, oh, yeah. In yeah. regards to, yeah, the the women there. And now, you know... Yeah, see if you like it. For the time, uh, what a businessman he is, you know. I, yeah. I don't with the practice. Don't you know? It's it's dirty. It's uh, it's not not ethical. But um, but for the time, I I think he solidified this deal uh, quite comfortably. Um, after after this one conversation. Oh yeah, they were they were super down. They they loved this idea. Mostly yeah. not because of what he says, but because of what I said. Yeah. Yeah. This gives them more than enough time to figure out how to like, make sure this stays oh, the same. Seven years? Cool. Great. We can have slaves legally again, even in the first place? Okay. That's what we were yeah. fighting for in the first Deuces. place. Yeah, um, like, see ya. 
Um, but, and we're uh, getting Grey Worm and Masande are both like, what the fuck are you doing, dude? Yeah. And Tyrion and his team are later confronted by a crowd of former slaves in the Marine throne room where a freed man des- demands to know when Daenerys will return while another is appalled at the idea of Tyrion negotiating with these men. And Tyrion insists that he is doing the best to rule his si- rule the city in Daenerys' absence, and the freedmen do not trust him. They do trust Grey Worm, and they do trust Masande, and they turn to them for reassurance. And despite their misgivings, they both publicly back Tyrion's dis- diplomacy in front of the freedmen, and in private, they warn him that the masters will outmaneuver him. Despite his intelligence and his best efforts to use them, they will use him because that is mm-hmm. what they do. Um, and they're right. Um, mm-hmm. They are correct. But that does conclude the story there. And we will top off the episode in Vice Dothrak, where Jorah uh, Mormont and Dario Naharis approach the outskirts of the city <laughs> and discard their weapons Drawing a blade and drawing a blade in the city is considered sacrilege. I loved this whole thing where Dario's just giving Dude. him shit for being tired. Um, you know, you could ride a dragon. Yeah, he's like, oh, you're getting old, man. You know how crazy is it that I I fuck her all the time and like, yeah, it's so awesome. I, and like, how isn't it crazy that you literally couldn't even handle it and you would die? Like your heart. Could Your heart would give out. Your heart it. would fail. Yeah. Like, wow. Like, holy. Like, what? Like. Jorah it, goes, you weren't disciplined much yeah. as a child, were you? Never. No. Yeah, no. Actually, never. Goddamn, Dario is just letting Jorah have it. Um, Not letting what really, at all. What's really fucking funny to me about this. This whole treatment of Jorah Mormont is that, like. Yeah, he's not a particularly, he's not a young man. He's certainly past his prime. Yeah. Bro's like 50. It's not like he's a 70 year old man who's on his last leg. Like, yeah, no. Yeah, and then, man, damn. Um, whenever they're hiding the weapons, he even sees his grayscale and like, Adara's just like, damn, you know what happens? He's like, yeah. <laughs> like, he's like, He's not even like, oh shit, like damn, you got grayscale. He's like, you know what happens to people that have grayscale, dude? I would love to tell you if you don't. Um, but yeah, no, Dario's just, just loves to, to yeah, let Jorah like, have it. I was looking into it. Michael Huisman, uh, is a full 20 years younger than Ian Glenn. So like, he is old enough to be his dad, which I guess would give you a little bit more of a, you know, if you're in that situation, you could be like, you old fuck, you know? Um, yeah. But still, like, I don't know, man. And, uh, oh, man, even the conversation of, um, like, yeah, we need each other right now, but after this. You know, Jorah's like, after this, when we don't need each other. And then Dara's just like, I don't want to fight you. What do I have to gain from that? If I win, I'm just the guy who beat a, beat an old man. But then if I lose, I'm the guy who got killed by an I'm old the man. the shit who killed yeah. an old man, or I'm the shit who got killed by an old man. I don't Damn. want either of that. And, so, and Jorah's yeah. like, fucking A. Yeah, the piece of, of shit. I, for some reason, I feel like they turned his assholery up to like 12 in this one. He was, you know, he was poking at him last couple episodes, They're but pissed. I feel like this, they were like, just hammer him, just destroy uh, him. 
Yeah, I guess um, it makes sense. They're going across, you know, the the Dothraki Sea. It's like nothing but desert, like for a mile. So like, they're hungry and thirsty and probably just pissed. You know, Dario's yeah. just like, this fucking sucks. I used to be in a pyramid fucking the queen every night. Now I'm yeah, with right. Dora Mormont, um, uh, in a desert. You know, R two D two and C three P O style. Deadass. <laughs> so, yeah, I, he he'd much rather be be back doing what he was he was doing before. Oh, for sure. Um, but so. yeah, Jorah and, uh, you know, Jorah's like, there are 100,000 Dothraki in the city. We are not fighting our way out. We will die. <laughs> we don't stand a chance, so don't bring your weapons. We can figure out a way around it. And Within the city itself, Jorah and Dario run afoul of uh, a couple of dudes named Ago and Igo. And, uh, nice. They, yeah, yeah. They see through Jorah's claims to be a wine merchant. And Dario takes care of Igo while uh, Ago tackles Jorah. And the night is nearly undone, but Dario saves him at the last minute with the uh, the little the little knife he smuggled in. Mm-hmm. And as a precaution, Dario smashes Ago's skull with a rock to disguise his use of a bladed weapon. Which makes a lot of sense, of course. Um, if you destroy a person's head while they have a stab wound through their chest... It'll probably it'll probably distract away from the fact that there's a stab wound in his chest. Maybe. Um Yeah, like maybe smash the stab wound a little chest? bit. Yeah. Um or both. Or Just the whole thing. Really go nuts. Yeah. The the Game of Thrones humor here where he's like, Good job, man, and then he just crushes the dude's skull a few times and then he looks at Jordan and he's like, Yeah? You know, he's like, Yeah, that, that good enough? Uh it was. It wasn't supposed to be. It was supposed to be funny. It shouldn't be funny, and it was but hilarious. It is. No, it um, is. Um, yeah, that crazy. You know, you, you would think they would show that. Um, actually, in in Game of Thrones, they surprisingly probably just a lot of work to show a body that fucked up. Yeah. Um. So they're like, yeah, well, we'll just not even bother with this one. Um. But the sound. So like you've seen a crushed skull. You know what that looks like. It's we saw. Funny. We did see the mountain literally crush yeah. uh, Pedro Pascal's skull. So, yeah, so. Um, yeah. you're familiar. Um, mm-hmm. But and, all the while, yeah, oh, I guess literally even in this season, we saw a giant slam a, a body against a wall, and uh, the, mountain the mountain also yeah. crush another dude's skull into a wall. Uh, so we, we're Same comfortable. Episode. Yeah, we're we're comfortable with the idea. Um, yeah, at this point, yeah. we are quite familiar, but. Uh, all the while, the high priestess of the Dashkalene gives Daenerys a commentary on the other crones. Some of them hate Daenerys, thinking that Dothraki should not breed with other races. And the high priestess dismisses them, saying the Dothraki have always done this and have never been concerned with uh, blood purity. And to illustrate her point, the high priestess indicates to another of the Kalene, a Lazarene girl named Ornella, taken from her village at the age of 12. And Daenerys asks her to relieve herself. And uh, the high priest descends Arnella with her. And as they walk, Daenerys learns that Arnella's call died when she was only 16. And she's been in the Dashkaleen ever since. That sucks. And, yeah, and she's uh, like, uh, damn, shame she didn't, shame he didn't die sooner. And uh, Arnella's <laughs> like, you know what? I kind of fuck with you, dog. You're right. You're, You're cool. right. You're the only uh, one in here that's below the age of 30. Let's yeah, go, Daenerys. Exactly. Like, you get me. Uh, uh. Yeah. But uh, as you're the only walk, one who doesn't smell bad. They both agreed that all of the yeah. old women smelled bad. Um, yeah, yeah. That was a funny little detail too. 
But uh, as they walk, Daenerys learns, you know, learns this, and then they are interrupted by Jorah and Dario, who take the Lazarine hostage. And Daenerys is like, wait a fucking second. No, she's dope. Don't do that. And he's like, no, but she'll tell on us. And she's like, no, she won't. Let me talk to her for a second. Um, mm. Daenerys is rather unsurprised to see them, but is like, whatever y'all had planned, fucking scrap it. I've got an idea. Just hide mm. and I'll figure it out. Um, you'll know when to yeah. come. Uh, you'll get the signal. Okay. Um, yeah, this, this was sick. Like, we oh, will not make it out of here. You guys go hide. I got this. Wanted to ask you if you had any weird feelings with this moment between um, Daenerys and, uh, yeah, Ornella, uh, her name in, in here, whenever she's like, um, have faith in me, you know, like just believe in me and, and trust me, it's all going to be okay sort of thing. Um, she is, she does have a knife across her throat, um, during this, you know, she doesn't have a hmm. choice, um, sort of thing. And it is kind of like Daenerys being like, don't worry, like, follow me, like have faith in right. me. Um, it felt, you know, um, it, they, they had their thing and maybe it's just Dario holding her there, but did, it did kind of feel a little weird of being like, well, you're not really giving her much of a choice, you know? Yeah. Um, no, I mean, uh. I think that Ornella can gather that these dudes had their own agenda, and while they work for her, she did not sick them on her. Okay. So I, yeah, I think yeah, there yeah. is Ornella understands that Daenerys means well, even if these two are willing right. to take it a step further. Um, I agree, and I she agree. reluctantly agrees, but she does agree. She's the one. Uh, she's a part of the group who locks the door and. Mm-hmm. You know, lets them get all burnt to the ground and shit. But uh, yeah, there she's got a plan. We're gonna execute. So uh, during the Kalar Vezen, as it is regarded, the calls argue about how to deal with Igo and Ago's death, and Kalmaro's like, "Fuck them. Who cares? They died. Shame." Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, Daenerys is then brought in by the two priestesses she befriended before. And Morrow feels she would, uh, she should join the Dosh Killeen, you know? Uh, but another call is like, uh, what if we, what if we make her your Khaleesi? You know, she's hot, you know? Mm. Uh, one of them's like, uh, I would like to know how she tastes. And the other one's like, well, then you can suck my dick. Um, and it's like, clever, <laughs> yeah. but disgusting. Yeah. Uh, Just the classic, classic, yeah. uh, Game of Thrones. Yes. Dothraki talk. Yeah, you know, you got the little the little moment earlier in the episode where the Dothraki are like fucking in the streets, and uh, Dario's like, "Man, I should have been born a Dothraki. This shit is awesome." Uh, yeah, he's he's his eyes are open to a whole new world uh, that he had yeah. no idea existed. He's like, I'm trying to ride with them, and I love yeah. the way Jorah's like intelligence of the Dothraki, his understanding comes back into play, and he's able to mm-hmm. lend something here that was deeply important. Yeah. Um, even if it doesn't go his way. Um, but uh, yeah. another suggests giving her to the wise masters in exchange for 10,000 horses. And Damn. Moro's like, fuck them, I'll take their horses. Uh, and Daenerys is like, y'all better shut the fuck up. And they're like, oh, is that right? She's like, yeah, reminder, I ate the stallion's heart in here. The Dosh Kaleen declared my son the stallion who would mount the world 
in the same temple we sit now. He swore to me that the Dothraki would cross the Poison Sea and that we would rule the fucking world. Y'all are tiny men. Y'all are weak. Damn. Yeah. Whenever y'all yeah, are you're, unfit, you're small villages that you'll raid, you know, mm. or whatever. Like, yeah, you're, you guys are just nothing. You're nothing. None uh, of you are fit to lead the Dothraki, but I am. So I will. I was like, okay, yeah, no, that's my scene. That's my character. Daenerys is dope as shit. She knocks over these vats, yep. starts burning the hut down. Everyone's dying. It's incredible. Oh yeah. Oh. Um, uh, one for the dramatic as well you know she starts in the middle like brought in as a prisoner and then she she does that slow walk around to like make herself the main character you know sort yeah. of thing uh which which was was badass and put her like and in also the puts her in position to knock over these yeah, lamps, knock, yeah. Um, um which which was awesome and and i love the the slow you know knocking them over and whenever then, like, she sticks her hand out. on it and it doesn't oh, burn her and they're like yeah no, like wait, uh, what the fuck? They're like, yeah, uh, they're like, oh, wait, wait a minute. Um, fuck? and and they're all trapped by the front door, and she's like, you know, it feels like she's breathing. Fi- you know, this is her own version of yeah, uh, she's the dragon, baby. They woke here. her up, and uh, love, you know, her just walking out, and everyone just instantly being like, yeah, okay, we follow you now. Nope. Like it's just yep. unanimous, you know, like no words, just like well. You can't argue with that visual right there, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, nope. Well, Not all of our calls, bit. yeah, she, they, like everyone knows, they're like, well, all of our calls were in there. Um, that building's on fire. You're not even touched and phased at all. They're obviously dead. You're the. We remember you. I think. Khaleesi. Uh, uh, yeah, this is uh, yeah. this is the new queen, baby. Uh, yeah. She steps out of the fire. Everyone takes the Ooh. knee. Dario's obviously never been privy to this. Jorah is still in awe, even though he has been. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But Dario being like, like, there's this, almost feels like there's this bond formed between Jorah and Dario in this moment, this unspoken thing where he's like, oh, okay. Yeah, no, I get it. I get why. I get why you're the way that you are. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, yeah. no wonder you are so utterly dedicated to her like every move. John, it's like uh, after you see something like John coming back to life for Daenerys being completely unburnt and birthing three. Jorah saw her unburnt and birth three dragons. Yeah, we're just seeing her be unburnt, and that's automatic. That's already enough there. Oh yeah, no dragons needed. Um, here at all. Uh, so yeah, this was a a badass moment. Daenerys did get the character uh, for me as well. Deserved. I had to. I mean, oh my god, um, almost the performance as well. I just wanted to highlight, I guess, a smaller a role that he'll get blown up, and I don't think he has many performances. Um, no, that was his second performance nod. So yeah, I think that. I don't know. Uh, I thought. I don't know. It was just. It seemed fourth wall breaky at at some point. Just a long stare into the camera for him. But Daenerys, I mean, Amelia Clark. No, I mean, right here. Uh, Amelia Clark yeah, is of, in second Liquid. place for performances and hasn't gotten one. Got one six episodes ago in the penultimate episode of season five. Wow, yeah. And prior to that, had not received one 
since the beginning of season four. So the fact that she's still in second place and has gotten like three performance nods in the last 20 episodes is just kind of showing that we're spreading the love a bit when we don't go with Amelia Clark uh, as Daenerys Targaryen. This was her first character nod in a while. Um, and we both gave her character, but uh, yeah, it, has it was been the first while. character nod you gave her since season three, episode yeah, season three, seven. episode seven, and it was Damn. the first character nod I'd given her since season two, episode ten. Oh, that's crazy! Yeah, she's and she's still sitting pretty with uh nine character nods which ties her with Tyrion and puts her right behind Oberyn Martell. So yeah. the fact that she hasn't gotten, she's only gotten that many since she, she's gotten four character nods since season two, episode ten. Still tied for second. Damn. Or third, I mean. She's well on her way. Um, yeah, there, and like now we're in the in the era of the of the show where it's really just going to be Danny. John, Sansa, Cersei, Cersei Tyrion, Sansa. Yeah, yeah you're like it's, yeah, it's those main five just the whole time. Um, yeah, we still got, as far as performances are concerned, people are going to have to do some heavy lifting to catch up to Lena Headey. Uh, Lena Headey's up, still pretty big, and tough. hasn't gotten a single performance nod this season, I don't believe. Ah, um, oh, yeah. you gave her the the season premiere one, but uh, mm-hmm. yeah. no Hodor's. Yeah. No Arya, no brand, no, no Arya. Um, but we got we got Sansa and John. A mention of Rickon. Another thought that hit me: um, there always there must be a Stark in Winterfell. Mm. Um, Rickon is there. Uh, Sansa was there. Um, kind of not like she didn't like being there, but she was there. Um, and this then right when she leaves. A little gap in time, but Rickon shows up. Well, the time that she leaves, Ramsay becomes the Warden of the North. Which, while Roose sucks, Ramsay's yeah. worse. Yeah. Um, and and then, I believe, the, the next time a Stark leaves Winterfell is Rickon running and then getting shot in the Battle of the Bastards, and then they reclaim it after uh, the, you know... That whole thing goes there. So, like, literally now, like, I'm, I was trying to think before. Before Sansa was in Winterfell, there was no Stark there, right? Mm-hmm. Like, that would have actually been a time where there was no Stark in Winterfell. Yeah, that's you know? when the Boltons had the opportunity to seize Winterfell. That's crazy. Um, but then from this point on, there is always a Stark in Winterfell. Does Sansa stay there? Um, after all the, yeah, she does not go south um, to King's Landing. Yeah, um, okay. She does for the finale. Um, mm. okay. When they decide who's going to rule after Daenerys, but there we go. Yeah. Um. Okay, but man, yeah this this little teaser for Battle of the Bastards was ah oh, was so good, and we still have. I mean, we're still five episodes away from that. Um, which is, is we got crazy. a big one next week. I know, dude. Oh, it's happening. And the Hold prediction, the, door. the prediction, uh, you at 35, me at 44. 
Um, I'm gonna. Oh man, I'm I'm gonna. I feel like I lowballed that, but I'll stick with it. I'll stick with it. It'll be interesting to see to see Hodor, that one. I've been Hodor, waiting a long Hodor, time. Hodor, 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 Hodor. It has to be a ho door. Not no hold the door. Once it translates no once it starts to go hold the door, it then nope. it no longer counts. So it has to be a, a straight up ho door. No gap between the ho and door. No hold the door. No. No hold the door. No. Hold door. Hold door. Hold door. It's like the last three, I think, of the episode. I like I, I think okay. we end on a cliffhanger of him seizing out on the ground going, Hold or hold yeah. or hold or yeah. um, Okay. So it has to be I oh dude, I cannot wait. The way that, that the way that, that episode made me feel the first time I watched it, I, that was one of those just like Oh my god. <laughs> like excuse me? Yeah, like ick. Dude. Excuse dude. me. Dude. But in the meantime, what do we want to give this one? What are, what are we rating it? Enjoyment, critical, Man. what do we got? Ooh, okay. I mean, shit. Danny's moment was nice. This ending, great. Loved it. Um, the the Stark, you know, Sansa and John being back together was amazing to see. Um, this in Marine, they stepped it up from last episode. It was awesome uh, to, to finally, you know, to get some very good conversations instead mm. of just very kind of surface level or kind of more for the comedic purpose uh, last episode. Um, I also appreciate the flipping on, you know, last week Tyrion quotes himself. He's like a wise man once said. And then this week, Masande quotes him. Mm-hmm. You know, a wise man once said, we do not make peace with our friends. We make peace with our enemies. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, very, yeah, I don't know. This was, was very delightful. A nice watch. Um, let's see. Last episode, we gave a 925. Um, I think the execution carried a lot of weight there. Yeah. Yeah, this, even though the events were very, I, I enjoyed, maybe it, I don't know. I think this is still up there. Oh, I think I um, I think that the ending of this episode is better than the ending of last episode. The yeah, this ending was nice. And if that ending carried that to a nine two five, this carries it to at nine least five? a nine two five. Is this a nine five? Does it bump it up above, or is it? Or do we? Let's see. Hold We've given the Sons level. of the Harpy a nine five, season five, episode four. Um, we gave the mountain and the viper a nine five. Ooh. Um, I would say this is that level, you know, Daenerys emerging from those flames. It's not something you get every day, you know, and that's, uh, that's a, it's a super sight there. I love, I love that. I do, so I do like that. And the, in a, a crowd kneeling, it, I mean, that's always a, it's always nice cool visual as well. Yeah. A nice, nice visual. Okay. Yeah. I do like, I like nine five there. And visually, I don't know what happened between last episode and this episode. Last episode wasn't ugly by any means, but uh, visually, this one was fucking gorgeous. Uh, mm-hmm. That shot of Longclaw sitting on the table with like the just just sitting there as Ed approaches yeah. it and then picks it up and like beautiful. 
uh, in Marine, there was one that stood out to me where Tyrion's about to make his way up those stairs that are like outside watching the the ships arriving, and it's fucking mm-hmm. gorgeous. Um, there's there's some pretty stuff in this one. Um, yeah, Marine as well. Whenever Tyrion is like, I imagine rooms like these were made to make intimidate. the rulers intimidate. Yeah, intimidating, and he gets down on their level, and yeah. you know, follows him, and um, yeah, it was 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 definitely a lot more pleasing to watch in the last episode. And, uh, I don't, I, like. I'd give this one probably a 8, 7, 5, or a 9. Yeah. Yeah, that's, we haven't given any, we haven't given any 8, 7, 5s or 9s on the season at all. Uh, it's either, it's definitely better than last episode and episode 1, which were 8, 5s. Um, episode 2, we gave a 9, 2, 5. Um, so I say we go eight, seven, five, you know, yeah. let's, uh, closer, closer to there. Um, episode two is pretty awesome. Um, I mean, that's the resurrection of the boy. Um, so guess who's back. Is that what I put? Yep. That's what I put for my scene. I've been getting very cryptic with my scenes, I guess. The name I've noticed that, um, I have guess who's back for the resurrection. Bye bye kiddo. Uh, for Ollie going Ollie by getting by. killed, and then this one I put a Stark embrace um, on this one. Just very nice, happy tears. But a nine uh, average for the episode, if 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 that is what we're going with, which puts it uh, in second place on on the season. Uh, nine four two for episode two, and then a nine for this episode. I would agree. Um, and I think it would be my second favorite of the season behind episode two. Um, on IMDb, I believe this is given a nine. Um, exactly as well. It is. It is a nine out of ten. So average, we did it. Um, if that's the metric, I guess. Um, but yeah, no Hodors. We'll get a whole lot of them next episode. Um, I'm, I've been itching to see on that prediction. Maybe we overshot it. Who knows? Maybe we large. Maybe it's like twenty. You know, I don't know. Um, Thirty-five is a lot of Hodor's. Like Hodor, 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 Hodor. That was ten, and that was a lot of Hodor's. Maybe we overshot it. What's the most Hodor's we've ever gotten in a single episode? Let me ask that. Well, let's see. That's why. That's why I have this Excel sheet right here. Twenty-eight. Oh shit. We got a 28 in an episode. That's actually kind of an 18 as well in one of them. That's another. I think I think we're we're right there. We might. I think it's right there. In fact, we might be undershooting. You think? Who fucking knows? If the highest episode yet is 28, Mm -hmm. and this is the episode that is about Hodor. Gotta guess. How much Gotta guess it's time more. is actually him in his story? I couldn't tell Could you. it be like 70 something, you know? No. No, wow. no way. Yeah, this is gonna be this is gonna no be good. Way. Like it's I think good. I think that if we're undershooting it, it's not by much. I would go fifty something max. Um Okay. But granted, you know, maybe there isn't a ton that builds up to that. Maybe it is just oh, that, you know? I know. How much of the runtime is actually with Hodor? 
Because I know we spend a lot of time in that vision, you know? Yeah. And let's see. Going to the the fandom page. Just going, just going to see. It's probably at the end. I'm assuming, Oh, at the wall. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Beyond the wall. Here we go. Oh, it's quite long. And the summary, it is definitely the longest part of the summary. That's okay. for sure. Um... So maybe maybe there is a lot of time spent there. Ah, yeah, but there he is on the deaths, on the death list, which is just fuck. Um, I wonder if it's if there is an account somewhere. I don't I don't know. Maybe I I just want to wait actually and count them myself. Um, and not just know the number that's already pre-counted. I don't know yeah. if that's as fun. No. So I think I'll I'll just leave it be until we get there. But. There, wise, uh, wise. There we are. Yeah. But yeah, we got we got a lot to look forward to, man. I'm super excited for the door next week, season six, episode five. Mm-hmm. But in the meantime, this week, what we've got lined up for the pod here, um, I believe is Manhunter for Michael Mann on Wednesday, um, mm-hmm. and I'm very very excited about that. That's going to be a goodie. And then next, and then this Friday, we are continuing our comic book movie journey through film with Iron Man Two, mm-hmm. and we will get back around to Game of Thrones next Monday. So, full schedule, three week. We've been maintaining that pretty much all fucking year, which is kind of crazy for us. Um, and it's it feels like the norm now. If we ever do less yeah. than three a week, it'll feel because so light. Yeah, um, It'll be crazy. Um... Yeah. Imagine how much more stocking up we can do if we did two a week. Um, It'd be insane. Yeah, we we imagine what one a week would feel like. That's what most people do. That's I what think. most what pod. That's what most podcasts are. Yeah, and it used to be what this podcast was. No fucking shot. No fucking shot. Yeah, that'd, that'd feel like a vacation. We've got too big of ambitions here. We have too much we want to talk about. Mm. We can't limit ourselves to one thing a week. No. no. We no. do anything we want when we want, <laughs> and that yeah. is what we will continue to do. Uh, but if you would, head to patreon.com slash pennybloompod where you'll find over 50 hours of exclusive content, including all sorts of book reviews, movie reviews, comic book reviews, and the like. For $3 a month, you can get access to our audio, our exclusive audio content over there, and for $1.50, you get exclusively the writing uh, the writing there, no audio content, but that $3 tier does include the written content and the audio content and all that. So if you support us financially over there, it's huge because this podcast costs me money and I don't make any off of it unless it's over there. Uh, remember to head to Twitter, follow at Penny Bloom Pod, follow on Instagram at Penny Bloom Podcast. Uh, remember to follow on Letterboxd at Penny Bloom Pod and to leave a five star rate and review wherever you might be listening and to continue to download means a lot uh we actually just got our 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 apple podcast review number just went up one so we got we got a review recently someone listened and it was five stars so i appreciate you you. um thank you it it means the world i love uh, it that really helps our search metrics the more reviews you have the more our podcast will pop up at the top of lists when they search things and that'd be a huge help for people finding the pod um Mm-hmm. But yeah, with that, we conclude this episode of Winter is Blooming. I was Colton Robertson. I was joined by Joseph George. Thank you very much, homie. 
Oh, thank you for having me. It is always a pleasure to be here. Oh, and it is always a pleasure to have you. And remember, peace, love, and bloom. And a monster has taken our home and our brother. We have to go back to Winterfell and save them both. <laughs>